What is happening, guys? Happy Friday. Happy Friday. What is happening, guys? What's going on? Who's out there? What is happening? It is Friday. Thank God, right? Man, we made it. We made it to another week, guys, to the end of another week. That's right. And now we are here at the Vodka Stream Lounge. Pull up a chair. Let's relax. Let's uh, let's have some fun tonight. Let's uh, let's pour yourselves a drink and uh, see who's out there. Cheers, guys. Of course, you know me and got my vodka going on. Why does it seem like? Hmm, eh, eh, I guess everything's fine. I don't know. It seems like everything's a little, a little more uh, bright right here, and I'm like, why? Interesting. But anyways, what's going on? Cheers. Ah, cheers, cheers, cheers. Ah, what's going on? Yeah, bop, 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 bop. all right, what's going on, Will? What's going on, Chand, man? What's going on, buddy? Yeah, all right, follow the right rabbit there, Eric. What's going on, Bennett? How you doing? Preemptive, oh, yes, and she uh, hopefully is resting up. Like I said, she uh, has not been feeling good. Um, sounding like she, um, it's not sounding like it's uh, that that terrible little thing that's out there right now. It's sounding like it's just a, a normal little flu or something like that, so, but um, you know, if need be, of course, she, uh, she, of course, is going to get tested just in case, but she's doing better, guys. She's doing definitely better. What's going on, Jimmy? Happy Friday. Yo, what is up? What's going on, Raven? Liberty. That's right, man. Trying to get, you know, got to get, you know, you got, you got some people that want to like promote a movie, talk some, talk some of their movie and stuff like that. Of course, man. That's why I was like, uh, looking forward to this. Yo, what's up, Jose? Glad to see you, buddy. Of course, Eric, what's up? Good. I'm glad you did. So did I. I enjoyed the shit out of it. As you guys saw my uh, my little quick uh, review. And um, we'll, of course, be talking more about that. What's going on, Jason? Jedi Milf. How you doing? Yo, what's going on, Ollie? How you doing? From Dubai. Well, cheers, brother. Thanks for uh, clicking in, man. For sure. What's up, Steven? What's up? <laughs> we got... From a white skin to a black skin. I love that. I love that. Absolutely love that. Yeah. Yep. What's going on? What's going on, pal? Carrie, buddy. What's up? What's going on? More Star Wars talk? Yeah. I mean, sadly, though, I haven't seen the latest episode of Mandalorian. Unlike last week. <laughs> last week, I did because, you know, I was home for five days. Sadly, I haven't seen this uh, this week's episode of Mandalorian. So I'll be watching that. First thing in the morning, and I hear it's a good one. So no spoilers, guys. Relax, relax. No spoilers, Mister Ben. You better be joining. You better be joining later, buddy. You better be joining later. Ah, dude. You know what? I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I mean, I, I if I if I know how to reach it, if I could figure out how to reach out to uh, to Mister uh, Joe, I definitely would. I definitely would try. And I mean, apparently, I mean the last. I mean that last little bit of information that he gave us. When it came to, um, you know, Deathstroke stuff, you know, he was on like a, a show called Drinks with Johnny, which is similar to this, you know, it's relaxed. It was like, hey, it was kind of like a loungy type setting and stuff like that. So I'm like, come on, man. I'm like, come on. You know, if if Joe Mangiel is going to go on, a, a, I mean, and, that, and I'm not trying to like, you know, sound big headed or anything, but that, but that channel that he showed up on smaller than mine, a little smaller, a little smaller, you know, it's, I'm not saying like, like I said, I'm not trying to, <laughs> I mean, maybe that guy has a different kind of audience, but I'm just saying, I was like, dang, 
Maybe he'll want to come on the vodka stream one of these days. I don't know. I don't know how to, well, how would I do that? Can you tell us when you're gonna do that fan stream tomorrow? Um, yeah, it'll probably be around the same time as I do it right now. It maybe, maybe I'll do it at nine. I don't know. Maybe I'll do it at nine instead. I don't know. I, uh, like I said, I'll figure it out tomorrow. Let's see where I'm at because of course, I mean, Saturdays, even though my Saturday mornings are for laziness and lounging and, uh, eating, um, some kind of, uh, junk food from a, uh, a fast food restaurant, a breakfast junk food, because, you know, like I said, I, that's that's what I do. I, I try to eat as healthy as possible during the week, and then I have my Saturday cheat day that starts off with a uh, tasty breakfast sandwich and something that's a mocha iced coffee. So um, we'll see. Um, but I always like to work, and, of course, tomorrow I'll be working on stuff. You know, I got I got like – I think I got three videos that I've recorded that I have not posted yet. They're, they weren't, like, crucial – Nothing that like crucial that's like, you know, time constraint that I need to get it out there. Obviously, the video that I uh, posted earlier about AMC, that was more crucial than some of these videos. These videos aren't as crucial, but they're uh, they're good videos, hopefully. And you guys uh, can enjoy those. But um, so I'll let you know. I'll let you know. Um, I'll let you know probably midday tomorrow. It'll probably be I mean, it'll be seven o'clock, eight o'clock or nine o'clock, <laughs> just depending on where I'm at during the day. Uh, one of these days I will. One of these days, I'm going to get out of this damn state, and I'm going to go there. What's going on, TJ? How you doing, buddy? Hey, we got Mr. Joey right here. Just stopping by for a sec. Oh, you're at work? Poor guy. You're working on a Friday night? That sucks, man. That freaking sucks. Hey, Dave. Long time view. Hey, well, thank you, Sco. Is that how you say it? Sco or Ska? Sco? Probably Sco. Um, thank you. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. We got uh, Superior. We got got him going on here. All right. But uh, yeah, tonight should be a lot of fun. But yeah, I keep hearing great things about uh, about the, the newest episode of, uh, of Mandalorian. I'm looking forward to it because, I mean, last week's episode was just like, come on. That was one of the best. One of the best. One of the best right there. Okay. And then... Jordan. And, uh, you know, a lot of things happened this week. I mean, something pretty damn crucial that, of course, um, hopefully with the uh, the panel, we'll uh, discuss it. But, I mean, the panel might be a little light tonight. That's why I was looking at Ben. I'm like, you're coming on tonight, right? Because it might be a little light tonight. I don't think we're going to have uh, the blessings of Mr. McClellan tonight because I think he um, he told me that his son has an early basketball game tomorrow. And he's two hours ahead, so he's probably gonna—he's probably already in bed right now, or he's about to be. No, he's probably reading a book right now in bed. Maybe he's listening to the show. Hi, Scott, if you're listening. <laughs> but uh, I don't think Scott's gonna make it tonight. Sadly, we will miss him dearly, of course, because um, you know Scott's like the—he's uh, the teacher of the group and uh, always, always in there with the clutch with everything. And then, of course, um, you know, with that lovely voice that he has, that freaking radio voice that he has. I mean, geez. But uh, hopefully we can get some of the other boys in here. And uh, I think even Mr. Swenson was like, ah, I got company tonight, you know? I mean, that's the thing. It's December, so naturally there's going to be some family get-togethers. Fuck all the politicians that say don't get together. Obviously, we're still getting together, right? So, yeah, yeah. Dave, I think you need... Uh, light on your face. Nah, I don't need, you don't need to see my face 
as uh, well as it should. Now we're keeping it, keeping the mood romantic. I actually do. If you could see the reflection of my glasses, I have one of those lights that is actually shining right there. And then of course I have some of the neon light. Nah, 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 nah. We're keeping it, keeping the mood romantic here. You know, come on, jeez. It's the vodka stream. Come on, guys. The vodka stream lounge that we're doing here. So, but uh, yeah. So we'll see who uh, shows up on the panel. Like I said, I mean, obviously the main topic of discussion will be, you know, obviously with uh, what uh, Mr. Zack Snyder showed us earlier today, which uh, I'll pull that up right now because I should have already had that up. But so, I mean, it's nothing, you know, nothing too crazy new or anything like that. But hey, well, let's go through some of the, well, should I go through some of the tweets? Nah, we don't need to do that right now because, uh, nah, we don't need to do that. Um, you know, it's funny guys. I will show this tweet right here. This tweet right here, like took off today. And I was like, Oh shit. You know, it started reaching those, uh, those, uh, regions where people start pushing back. So I tweeted this out today. Yesterday, Warner media just changed the movie industry today. Mulan is free on Disney plus. <laughs> so, you know, a lot of people dug this, obviously like, uh, it, it, it kind of went, you know, over like, uh, 1500 likes and, 145 retweets but what was funny is like there's pushback because a lot of people were saying like uh yeah it was already planned they already were uh planning on releasing milan on disney plus for free it's like yeah I'm, I'm just making the joke that you know the fact that one day the day before and i kind of almost wonder i kind of almost wonder you know did did warner media go you know what let's let's announce let's announce our plan for 2021, a day before Mulan, Mulan is free on Disney+. Plus. I almost wonder if there was some kind of strategy right there. I'm just saying. Seems a little uh, interesting. Uh, is that what it is? It is, huh? Yeah. See, thank you, Steven. There's something weird that's going on with this guy. Maybe I should change it. Hold on. Yeah, it's like it's... It's like it's... Uh, like it's reflecting too much but then again it's like like yeah let's see blue blue see it's just washing out too much maybe i should just leave it here let's just uh there you go ah you know what there's too much reflection on it i don't know maybe like uh i don't have like uh some i don't know it's weird it is kind of weird how that is i think it's just because i need a ah, i don't know what the heck is going on with it why it's like because you, then you could see like part of this my screen right there that is uh you know making it kind of wash out a little bit is that because i knew i know i was like you know what? something doesn't look right when it comes to that yeah it's just like totally washing it out i don't know maybe we should just remove it for for today i'm not really digging it right there move tyler move tyler durden right there yeah let's see yeah because it's just that that light Maybe it's because it's a little too bright. I don't know. See, I can't make it too. I don't know. We'll see. Put it on the shelf. Yeah, I know. I should probably put it right there, huh? Um, here we go. Um, let's do this instead. Let's put. Uh, let's just put some more stuff that I have right here instead of a light. Let's do that. Let's put the uh, the face hugger next to Tyler. Put the face hugger that says uh, free hugs. So let's do that instead, huh? Better? All right. Good morning. All right. Got to wedge something in, fr in front. 
Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I just, I don't know why it's like, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I, I didn't set it up exactly how I had it set up last time. I don't know. Kind of like, uh, I was kind of noticing that, but whatever. It's all good. We'll just keep it like that for now. I'm going to go ahead and remove the, uh, the overlay of the, uh, live stuff, you know, before the, uh, guests show up. So we'll just do it like that. So there you go. I don't know. See, got some good stuff right there. I decided to bring one of the killer clowns instead today, you know, a little more diverse when it comes to uh, the pops and stuff that are right there. So yeah, I don't know. I, you know, it's funny too, because I took a picture last week of like the setup to make sure I, because, you know, it's a whole different thing than from over there in my corner where I usually, you know, handle this stuff. So I think it's just, eh, we'll see what happens. Uh, you have work tomorrow at, oh, at 5 a.m., Philip, man. What are you doing? What are you doing? I know you sent me a question, Philip, and we'll get to it. We'll definitely get to it. So don't worry about that. All right. Um, but anyways, yeah. So, yep. all right. So let's go back. But yeah, anyways, oh yeah, what was I, I was going to bring up the, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, yeah, but anyways, that, that, so that, that tweet just like went out and a lot of people were like, it was already, it was already planned, it was already planned for them to release Milan, I'm like, yeah, that's not what I was really talking about, I guess I should have worded it better, but, you know, what can you do, but uh, of course, uh, Snyder, he uh, did some sound mixing today, right there, bam, and uh, look at that hashtag, Zaka Niders. Justice League. That's right. He finally got the title he wanted. Zack Niders Justice League. Yes! Picture start. Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> hey, you know what? It happens. Everybody typos. It perfectly, it, it happens. It per, You know, it happens. It's perfectly fine. You know, it's whatever, guys. You know, it, but the fact of the matter is, is like the fact that he, uh, he actually tweeted out Zack Snyder's Justice League. And, you know, that's the first time I think he's actually really done that before but uh anyways guys all right so looks like my guests have arrived so uh let's get them in here all right i'm gonna go ahead and tweet this out all right guys without further ado the directors of fat man we got ian and uh hey Sean, am i saying your name right eshin nelms what's up the nelms brothers what's going on guys how you doing thanks for having us dave awesome we're doing no good, man. I'm in my basement, you know, hanging out. Hey, with hey there's nothing that. That's a great background, man. <laughs> nothing wrong with that. So how are you guys doing tonight? Oh, we're doing good, man. How are you doing? Good. Like I said, just chilling, just chilling in the lounge, sipping on some vodka, you know, like I do every Friday night. And I uh, appreciate you guys uh, coming in. <laughs> appreciate you guys coming in and um, talking about your movie, which I enjoyed the absolute shit out of. I, I, I will say that. I mean, yeah, I will say that. And of course, we're going to be talking about it. But uh, uh, where are you guys? Where are you guys actually located at? You guys are California natives. I, I was reading your bio and I saw that you guys kind of grew up in California. Are you guys still here or are you guys both in different places? What's going on? We're, we're from we're from central California. So it's uh, like in between Bakersfield and um, Fresno. Where uh, there's a the town we went to high school in is called Visalia. It's like 130 grand, 130,000 people, and then behind that is where we lived a half hour near the Sequoia Forest called Woodlake, California. And okay, that's, that's right now about 7k population, but when we were growing up, and it was about half that, about 3,500 people were there. Nice. 
it's a little small town and stuff. So are you guys still in yeah. California or are you, uh, are you just- now I'm in Woodland Hills and okay. Ashley lives, uh, in LA, like, uh, over by the Grove. Nice. Uh, but yeah, man, but, 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 um, he is now actually, this is probably why his, his, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, we just lost Ishan, man. What happened? We got some audio. We still got audio guys. We're good. We're good. We're good. <laughs> That's uh, that's the beauty part about you, this. You can still have audio. Like we can hear you still. Yeah. Don't worry. So I, I'm gonna have. To, excellent. Yeah. Yeah. So my connection is so bad um, that I'm probably gonna have to lose <laughs> the picture just to keep up with it. Oh, he's that's traveling. Fine. He's traveling. He went to go pick up his girlfriend and drive back. He was on a road trip from uh, oh. Texas, California, and now oh, he's yeah. in Marfa. he's hanging out in Marfa, Texas. Right, Ash? Is that where you're at? Yeah, <laughs> I am oh. currently uh, in the Marfa area. Oh. Yes. Nice. So you're driving back to California, right? Like uh, just in time for the holidays or what? Um, yeah, it just kind of panned out. So um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just road tripping back, taking the long way, uh, the meandering way back. We're going to go up and, uh, and see a bunch of the sites. And, and Ian and I have been working on this movie for so long that I'm like, okay, I'm taking a vacation. I got to bug out for a minute. So I got oh, my, yeah. um, my- that, I bet. I wanted to actually ask you guys, like how, uh, how long have you been on? Well, first off, I wanted to ask, how did you come up with Fat Man? How did I mean? How drunk were you? How you know? Where did the idea just like spring up? Because I mean, it's a. I think, uh, yeah, uh, Ian, you're you're doing very well with the uh, you know Twitter stuff, retweeting everybody, and just like and that's how I pretty much found you. It was like, oh, I just got retweeted by one of the direct directors, and now we're following each other. So maybe I'll just have him on the Baca stream. Why not? And, um, and, uh, and then, uh, you know, I, I posted my little first reaction review, which was right after, I mean, right as the credits were rolling, I just rolled camera and I said, Oh my God, I enjoyed the absolute shit out of this movie. And, you know, it was, it was refreshing how original I, I would say it was. And there's certain aspects that I'll, that we'll get to, uh, that I really liked about your, your guys's movie, but I want to know exactly like where, where did the idea come up? Uh, where did the idea spring from? One of you guys, both you guys, what happened? Well, we were <laughs> like, what I probably the best way to, to think about it is that you know, we there's the Tim Allen films and then there's the come yeah. down your chimney and chop you up with an axe films. <laughs> and uh, we were like, well, what does like a real Santa look like? And I mean, if to get a sense of our sensibilities, it's like I remember Ash and I were recently looking back at the two DVDs we first bought, and the first DVD I bought was Unforgiven, and the first DVD that he bought was Unbreakable. And if you kind of mash those two DVDs together, you're kind of like, okay, I can see some of the influence for this movie. Um, and then another another good thing to have context uh, movies that we love. Um, are that we grew up from like age 10 on our mom got this thing called the Clint Eastwood collection where she, every two weeks we'd get a new Clint Eastwood classics and it was all the Dirty Harrys all the Leone Westerns and then nice. you know the 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 uh, Eastwood Miner as well like the like the Firefox and Iger Sanction and like you know like all the things he didn't have uh, a trilogy on <laughs> but we but that's what we grew up on that was that was basically our our our, our cinema diet um and uh, this, so this, so we, we, we were like, what, what would happen if we tried to ground everything about this character and tried to, tried to do a very, a very grounded Santa. And, and, we, and then we started thinking about the tropes and the mythos and, and like, it was like, okay, well, how would that work? And why would they actually, why would the elves really have bells on their feet? And like, what, <laughs> what would Santa is, is, he's got these kind of superpowers. He's kind of a superpower. Like, but what would that really 
look like like he, he couldn't just like have you know a billion people's thoughts in his head or he'd be schizophrenic so we were like okay well maybe he can look at somebody or look at a name and he kind of gets a download internally and he can be like oh there's mike and he's said that he's got a wife and then okay hey buddy look you should probably shouldn't be hitting on this bartender like we do <laughs> trying to break it all down like that um yeah that, i mean that's how it started and then we both wrote uh, a short story okay. probably the only time we've ever done that but uh we were like all right that's a great idea. that's cool what, what here's what i want to do with it here's what i want to do with it and then we both broke off and wrote these short stories very separate from each other and and uh eshem wrote one that was very similar to in the direction of what what we ended up with with something that was more contemporary and then I wrote something that was more of a prequel uh, origin story. And then when we were looking at them and sitting down and talking about them, we were excited about both of them. But the, the contemporary one was the only thing that really felt kind of doable as far as like what we were going to be capable of doing at that point yeah. in our careers. Because it was like 14 years ago. And we were just like, wow, yeah, this this period piece feels like a $50 million movie. You know, like how the hell are we going to pull that off? And we're like, well, maybe this contemporary one we could – we could find a way into this um, and figure out a cool way to do it. But yeah, it took 14 years to get that movie off the ground. 14 <clears throat> years. Wow. It's always amazing when you hear like uh, the story of like, you know, how when, when you come up with the idea and then, of course, how long it takes to actually get it up onto the screen. I mean, when it goes to just like writing it down on a napkin or whatever the hell, and then just to have the final product up there. I mean, 14 years to finally see it. I mean, I mean, I mean, of course, sadly, you know, the year of the pandemic. So it was like, I mean, obviously you want to see it on the, the big, big screen, but it's like, you know, streaming services are now just like kind of just taking over right now. I mean, a couple of days ago, Warner Media just goes, hey, we're going to do something different in 2021. Um, which I kind of, I was going to ask you guys, you know, we'll ask a little later about what you guys feel about that. But um, one of the, 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 the things that I really uh, enjoyed about your movie was, you know, you talked about grounding Santa Claus, essentially. And uh, I think I even brought it up um, in my little review was the fact that, you know, when you have like, you, you brought up the Santa Claus, which is one of my all time favorite Christmas movies. Love that movie. But there's always like this subplot when it comes to like a Santa Claus movie where, there's like the disbelievers, like, sure. oh, does he really exist in whatever, you know, you have the, you have the parents that like, oh, he doesn't exist. And then, but then I'm like, I, I'm sitting here because my brain just does this thing where it's like, well, what if these parents show up and there's like, you know, there's like a canoe, they didn't buy that. And it says from Santa, <laughs> right. when, when they like be like scratching their heads, like where'd that come from? What you guys did with your movie was like, this world just knows that Santa Claus exists. Like everybody's aware and everybody's cool with it. And it's just like, and that's what I really dug about it. Well, you know where that came from is literally exactly what you were talking about. We had that conversation and we said, how is it, how is it even possible if gifts are popping up that people are, he, so he has to exist. It was immediately like that cut and dry. We were like, yeah. okay, he has to exist. And now we have to find a way around that. Like now that we're painted into that corner. We have right. to have that in the movie. Cause it well, just, and I don't even think, I don't even think it was painted into a corner, right? Like we were like, Oh, we're tired of seeing the version where little Susie doesn't, you know, believes in Santa and her adult parents are like, he's not real. And we're like, Oh, forget all that. Like this dude's legitimately real. He's in this world. And we, and that, that was something that we kind of had to unwind. Right. Or like yeah. embed in the audience really quickly. And then we, and, and the bat scene with the little placards on the toys, you know, so you yeah. could delineate what was from where. See, and that's what I really enjoyed was the fact that it's like, 
you know, in the movie you have like certain toys and there's like a brand, there's like a, you know, on whatever that was made in Santa's workshop. And everybody's just like, oh yeah, he does exist. We don't know where he is exactly, you know, nobody knows. But I mean, that's what I really enjoyed was like, oh, okay, they're really, you guys are really grounding this in like reality where it's like, this is a business. Like, you know, the workshop is a business. And, you know, when you actually get to the workshop too, and this is uh, another thing I really enjoyed, you know, because, you know, again, I mean, I'll always compare it to the Santa Claus because I think that was, you know, uh, when it comes to a Santa Claus movie before your guys' movies, that was probably more the more grounded one as well, but just because of uh, everything that happens in that, in, in that movie, you know, the sequels were got a little more of like, okay, it got a little more crazier, a little more magical, but the first one uh, will always um, uh, hold that special, that special. Yeah. 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 The sequel. <laughs> fine. a good first- movie. Huh? Like they're good movies. It's such they're a great, great I mean, movie. Such a good one, especially. I really enjoy the first one. It's, it's yeah, great. it's really well done. Where he keeps oh, yeah. growing the beard, the beard, and he keeps shaving it off, and he's gaining There's weight. Everything oh. about it. I mean, like when he, yeah, and when he uh, gets the packages, and all of a sudden it's just like it's the list. And then there's even like a part in there where he just knows who everybody is. And you yeah. guys have that a little bit with your movie, where he just knows who people are and their backstory. And like, like you said, you know, certain elements where he just knows, like this guy at the bar. And knows pretty much a lot about him, and I really, really dug that. But, um, but what I also like too is like, okay, so I was wondering, like, how is he gonna, how are they gonna approach the, you know, the workshop and the elves? And I think what you guys did was pretty damn awesome. I mean, the, the little backstory, and then of course, you know, with the uh, what, what's happening within the story, which is, you know, Santa has to take on, you know, another uh, contract essentially. Where, you know, because let's face it, and you guys, I love that this was part of it too, is like, you know, the kids, like a lot of the kids nowadays, they're little assholes, <laughs> you know, they're, so there's not so much uh, toy making happening so much. So it's like, hey, this is still a business. We still got to uh, do something. So you incorporate something where it's like they have like this whole other contract. And then when there's like the exchange between the elves and like humans, I thought it was, I thought it was actually pretty great what you guys did. I don't know, like, I mean, but the backstory with that, I mean, that must have been a lot of fun. We had a we had a ton of fun thinking that up. I mean, it was it was it, like you said, it was just like, okay, how would these? It started with us trying to dissect like what these elves would really, how would that, what would that factory really look like? And 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 I mean, look, if we'd had two hundred million dollars, it probably would have looked a little <laughs> bit different. Uh, but yeah. for what we had, <clears throat> we were able to construct something that gave the essence of what we were after, which we basically wanted something that had, you know that kind of turn of the century industrial revolution feel. And, and we wanted to, to have it, have it, have it have the sense of, okay, every century or every decade brings a certain technology that they would embrace and that they would just sort of pilot on top of the old pilot on top of the old technology and say, okay, well actually that works great. You know, and you just kind of put, so it has like this kind of weird fifties aesthetic, but then it's got these, it's got these kind of rolling, rolling uh you know lines that they could that they put all the trays on with all the stuff and yeah it, we were we were having a lot of fun putting that together yeah i mean i it, remember when we saw that location that was an old chocolate factory yeah, yeah. Where, that we ended up shooting shoot it and at? it just where'd you guys shoot that at we shot, we shot the whole picture in canada yeah oh, yeah i figured i mean it was I mean, that's that's what I noticed. I mean, it looked fucking cold. It looked cold. So I'm glad for that. Because I mean, sometimes you know, sometimes you'll get movies that take place in the winter, and I'm I like I, like again, I I'm one of those just weirdos that just always looks at like the little details. And when I don't see a breath, I'm like, ah, it's on a set, you know. But 
you could totally tell that you guys were on location. It was a cold location. That must have been grueling, especially the outside shots. It was pretty incredible because the uh, like the 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 shootout, the end shootout. We spent four days shooting that, and so we're out in the elements for like twelve to fourteen hours of the day. And I just remember like like especially like when we were shooting with Mel, like we he's got a, a ton of stuff, and so does Walton. And so like we uh, we're shooting. This is the first day we we're, we're shooting, and you know we we break him, and we're like, oh hey man, you know go to the warming tent. And it's negative 36 degrees out there. Oh my God. Negative 36. So Esham and I and the rest of the crew are all bundled up like we're going to scale Everest. Like we look, we're super padded up and we're still freezing our asses off. Of course. He's out there in costume with like fingerless gloves because he has to work the gun. So <laughs> he's like, and we're like, all right, man, you're cut. Go back to the warming tent, get warm. And he's like, okay, okay. And, and then we turn around like 20 minutes later and he's right behind us. And we're like, holy shit. Hey, Mel, sorry. Did you not hear us? Like, go go to the warming tent. Because if you even have your fingers outside of your gloves for eight minutes, you have irreversible frostbite. Oh, my God. So you're constantly tucked in with warmers and everything else. But again, he was in his costume the whole time and we're because like, we would need him on and off. And so he was like, no, no, I'm. I'm fine. I don't need to go to the warming tent. And we're like, no, look, like it's, I mean, it's bad. He's all, he's all, look, man, you're out in this shit. I'm out in this shit. And so he would never go into the warming tent. He stood out there with us the whole time, just regaling everybody in between takes with stories of anything you'd ask him. You're like, Hey man, on Apocalypto or Hey man, on Braveheart or Hey on uh, a Ridge. And it was amazing. Cause you know, everybody from the grip to the producers were, you know, asking him all those questions and he would just tell those stories over and over again. It was great, man. He was a soldier. It really galvanized everybody out there for that's four days straight. It was impressive. That is awesome. Um, I mean, yeah, and that's what I wanted to get to, too, is like uh, you get Mel Gibson. I mean, that's just a good get right there. When you're thinking about when you're writing this movie, are you thinking of like actors as you guys were writing this and just like who could play this role? I mean, was Mel like your top choice? Was I mean, it was her other choices? I mean, it, when it came to him. Yeah. Go ahead, Edge. Well, no, I think I think the first thing to think about here, Dave, is this is a fourteen or you know a plus yeah. you know sixteen probably when we when we thought of the idea, then we wrote the yeah. this the first you know screenplay that was actually coherent and able to pass out to people about fourteen years ago. Yeah. So that act that actor pool was very different from what it it is now, you know, in twenty twenty. So when when we wrote this script in you know fourteen years ago, like in our mind's eye, we were writing it for Jack Nicholson. You know, like, oh, Jack Nicholson's going to be Santa Claus. And like, we'll get Johnny Depp to play skinny man. You know, like these are the sort of actors that we were, uh, you know, in our mind's eye. But then as we, as we got closer to, to making it, I think in 2016 or 17, we saw uh, Mel at a, we went to see Hacksaw Ridge and he came out to do a director's Q and A afterwards. And he was sitting there with this like beautiful feral beard. And he looked like he, you know, he just come off the production. So he's a little wary, a little road, you know, like, a little, he's just worn out, you know, he's in the, he's in the publicity tour and, but he still had the spark. Right. And so, and I look at each other and we're like, Oh God, that just feels like Chris. Like that feels like our man. And, uh, and then cut to worn out, but still has a passion behind the eyes, you know, and it, it just yeah. struck, it struck us right away. We're like, that's the guy. So yeah, cut forward three. Mm. Yeah. So cut forward three years. Like, 
we 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 had to formally submit, obviously through the agents and all that good stuff. And so, you know, our producers reached out, and we had written them a letter. You know, and it, address for real quick because I think I, one of the important for for the filmmakers that are that are watching this, I think. Uh, like one of the most important prop, one of the most important things we did, but one of the biggest problems we had was when we were going out with the script and why it took 14 years is that we would get people reading it and they would say, Oh, this is fucking batshit crazy and awesome. And like, you know, like they would probably call us in into meetings just because they wanted to see the two psychopaths that wrote the script. And they're like, so we would go in and they would say, okay, this is going to, someone's going to make this. That was the line that we got every meeting was someone's going to make this. I don't know if it's going to be you guys. And we're like, why, what do you, what's, what's, you know, if you'd like the script, like, let's do it. And they're like, well, look, it's, it's director dependent. It's a, it, what's the tone on this thing. And we're like, well, it's in the script. You know, we didn't quite understand what they meant when we first started. And they were like, no, no. If you give this to this director, it's going to be slanted this way. If you give it to this director, it's going to be totally slanted this way because it's it shifts in the script. Like, what? How do you guys see it? So we talked about all of our influences, and they were just like, "Well, look, you're going to have to do something that shows that you can handle this tone and what your vision is like." So that was 14 years ago, and we literally went home after a couple of meetings for that. We said, "Okay, we need to start building ourselves a ladder of how we're going to get back to this film." And so we wrote a script that was in like the $5 million realm. And, uh, and that was kind of what you were doing at the time. Like, you know, early 2000s, people would, you know, we did a couple of nano budget films. We did like a $1,500 feature and a $5,000 feature. And those got us into those B plus festivals, no Sundance, but like Palm Beach and uh, yeah. Santa Barbara and like festivals that like had some, you know, had some um, um, prestige to them but they weren't like we could we could make a sale out of there but they were cool and we we, we got uh, we got some awards in those festivals with those little films and those got us agents and whatnot and they were like hey stop making these little films like, let's, let's go make a five million dollar film and they read fat man because we had it at the time and they said okay well go make that let's make that five million dollar film so we wrote that script and then right when we got the thing going it was like it gets uh it gets all messed up in the the like the financial crisis happens and the, the yeah. there's, there's a writer strike and there's yeah. a, <laughs> a bad time the dvd market dies oh my god yeah so that five million dollar 2008 film, right yeah oh it was a fucking disaster yeah. and they said okay well that five million dollar film is now a two million dollar film you guys oh that? shit and we're like fuck no we can't so we're like all right well let's go write a two million dollar film so we went and wrote a two million dollar film which is small town crime which was the film we shot before this yeah and I saw we, that. Wrote that, we wrote that film and we came back out with it a year later um and then they we had the same folks read it and they were like okay well look like i hate to tell you this but over this past year that you guys have been writing like this is kind of like look i know you've made those two nano budget no budget films but you need to make something with some stars in it and some some actors that we have note that we know you can handle a movie with bigger actors. And we're like, fuck, okay, well, what's the budget on this thing? You said two. And they're like, well, it's new. It's now 200,000. Can you what? do this $200,000? Wow. In that year, that DVD market went from like, you know, it's about, it went from like, uh, it's kind of a 60% what it used to be down to like fucking 15% of what the market used to be within a year. Jeez. And there was no DVD market at all. It was just fucking gone. And so <laughs> like, now you need to write something that's $200,000. And we're like, holy shit. So then we got kind of- well, and it and it was at this weird impasse, right? So like the, the streamers and on demand hadn't quite filled the void. And yet yeah. you had everything in DVD dying. And it was this weird moment in time. And so we- so we we just said fuck it. We're gonna write something that 
you know, we're super passionate about that, you know, go back to the well of like where we grew up and where we're from. And, and so we wrote something called lost on purpose. Um, and we just went and raised the $200,000 ourselves. Um, and, nice. and we shot it in our hometown. And, um, of course it's that we, we picked a genre that everybody wants with the, the epic dairy film. It was about a dairy farm. <laughs> <laughs> That's what everybody wants right there. <laughs> and, uh, but we won about 20 B plus film festivals with that thing, won awards, audience awards and, and writing awards and whatnot and best film awards. And we had a really good run with that movie. And while we were, while we were uh, making that, while we were making that festival round, somebody saw it and said, and we had like Jane Kaczmarek and James Laffrey from One Tree Hill. And we had a lot of great actors, Aaron Hill from Greek and, but, but just a, a bunch of great young actors. And then we had Jane Kaczmarek and C. Thomas Howell come in for kind of our veterans. Nice. And, uh, and that was kind of finally showing people like, oh, wow, okay, you guys, you know how to work with bigger actors or actors that have a career actors, you know? Um, and then someone saw that film and said, on the festival circuit, said, hey, I've got the rights to this book and I got half a million bucks. Would you guys look at it? Because they knew we, 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 we turned that movie in for 200 grand and they were pretty impressed with the cast and the size of the film for that budget. And they said, I got half a million bucks and I got this rights to this book. Can you read... Uh, the script that I have, which is budgeted at like 20 million right now and see if there's any way you could figure out how to do it for half a million bucks. And so we read the script and we, we talked it over and we've spent some time in the restaurant business, you know, as you do, as you're trying to make ends meet. Of course. And uh, had a couple of false starts on the, the waiting style script that right. like, waiting yeah. already did it. I was, about to say, I was like, that sounds like a waiting style kind of, yeah. But this one had a really cool hook in that it was a guy who ran like a $30 billion hedge fund who got yeah. caught up in the housing crisis and then he comes back down and uh, goes bankrupt and tries to rebuild himself. It was kind of a Pinocchio story. The guy working the grill who ended up being Danny Glover like turns him into a real boy uh, teaching him the life lessons, you know, as uh, yeah. his privileged, privileged life gets kind of ripped away from him. But uh, so we ended up shooting that film, which is pretty amazing. James Lafferty and, and, uh, and uh, Danny Glover. Um, and then after that one, those producers were like, Hey, what, what else do you guys have? Like, that was a great experience. Do you guys have anything else? And we said, well, we've got these crime thrillers that, we, <laughs> that we've been working on for like a decade. Nice. Exactly. <laughs> and then we showed them small town crime and they were like, this, I think we can get the money for this. We said, Oh, fucking great. Um, and then, so that film goes. And then when we finished that film, uh, it had the tone, a similar enough tone to small town crime or, or to, to fat man that we were able to point back at it when we went into meetings and we said, Hey, this is the tone of that film. So sorry, that was a very mm. long, long digression, but I think it was no, it's needed because fat man's a pretty wild film. And it's like, well, how did you get greenlit on a fucking wild ass film like that? And it was like <laughs> this is the last one, <laughs> which was a long build up to it. I mean, and that's, I mean, that's what you got to do really is like, you got to build up that. I mean, it's almost like you built up that street cred almost like, it's like, Hey, I'm going to, we're going to do these movies. We have these right here and just kind of show everybody that, Hey, we can handle it. And like you said, when everybody was wondering, I mean, when they read the script, I'm assuming that everybody's like, when they read the script, they're just like, ah, like, where's this actually going? I mean, it sounds kind of cool on paper, but what, you know, the tone maybe somebody has a different tone in their head when they're reading it. So of course mm-hmm. they're going to ask you. So then when you finally like shot a movie that you nailed that tone, you can finally refer to it and then people can kind of get an idea. So then when they read it, they could be like, Oh, okay, maybe we can, you know, put a little uh, fundage behind this and this could go somewhere. So that's good. Exactly. And yeah. I mean, when we did, when we did small town crime, I remember when the producers read it 
and we tried to we pitched hey this is what we're going to do with it and the money folks and then when we showed them the final product they didn't quite understand that it was going to be so quirky and have like this wet these western undertones and be this darkly comedic mm. uh, i remember them going fuck we didn't quite read all that into it and i think what we were trying to do is was take a, a tried and true genre like a crime genre uh, like a, you could see it as okay, this fits into the crime genre. I see what the market is for this movie, but then obviously just do our thing to it. Like have our characters, have our voice, tell us, you know, have some have of those those crazy dark comedic moments that we love to put into stuff. Yeah. And once once we were able to show people like, hey, our like this is our style and this is our this is the tone and this is how they were all kind of meshed together. Yeah, it was it was it was a lot easier conversation in those meetings. So like after you do all that. Uh, when did you actually get this movie greenlit? So, so well, it, it took a minute. There was a couple false starts. Yeah, oh. <laughs> there were a couple false starts. But, but um, the most important thing was was um, getting Mel on board. That really was the kind of I'm sure, yeah. I mean, I mean, let's face it. I mean, Mel Gibson. I mean, I, I will always uh, I'll die on this hill. He is in one of the greatest Christmas movies ever made. Lethal Weapon. I don't care what anybody says. That is a Christmas movie. So I, I mean, to have yeah, to have him. I mean, to to. So when you pitched him the idea, I mean, was he like fully like on board? Did he just read the script and go, "I want to do this"? Or like, what? I mean, and we were talking about Mel a little bit, you know, before, but we didn't ever talk about like, you know, when he read the script, did he just like immediately just go, "I want to do this"? Or well, did- so I think so. Once we oh yeah, so when we submitted to him. And then we wrote him a letter and we're like, hey, Mel, like, here's why we think you'd be, you know, you'd be awesome for it. And here's what we, you know, what we envision. And you look awesome in a beard, right? That's like a letter we wrote him. And then we, it was like two weeks of radio silence. And we're like, oh, man, like maybe, you know, long maybe, you know like your life. <laughs> oh, it was unbearable. Yeah. Right. And we're like, okay, like, who do we have to think about next? Like, okay, yeah. let's, let's get the, let's like start making the list. Beard? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then all of a sudden, out of the blue, Ian gets an email. Yeah, and it's like we'd been we'd been emailing back and forth with a bunch of producers, so it was a lot of like, hey, I'm, you know, let's let's sit down and talk about the script, and you know, and so I got this email that said, hey, I like the, I like the script, I think it's really funny, like let's sit down for a chin wag, and we're like, okay, well, what is a chin wag? First oh, yeah, off, that, that 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 sounds a little mm-hmm, interesting. Yeah. And so <laughs> so uh, you know, and it wasn't signed off. There was no name on it. And the email wasn't like, you know, Braveheart guy 25. So we were just trying to figure out who the hell it was. And I wrote him back like, Hey, you know, great. Uh, I'd love that you, you know, you enjoyed it. Like, can we, you know, who, who am I talking to? And then he goes, Oh, sorry. I forget to sign off sometimes. Mel. And I was like, Holy shit. And I just, it is I'm, Mel. Wow. Yeah. Ash and I, uh, I'm sure we hugged after that moment, but it was, it was, uh, it was pretty, it was pretty great. And it was, that was really the moment that kind of kicked off. They're like, okay, you can have 45 minutes with him in this ca- cafe. You know, go have a meeting with them. Great. And then that turned into like three and a half hours of us, uh, you know, talking about movies and life and fat man. And it really came down to this amazing moment where we knew we had the right guy when he was he was um, he was talking about the moment where he's standing on the balcony. He's talking to the elves. And he's like, oh, I really yeah, feel like, I really feel like I'll like that moment. It's like a pretty dark moment. And maybe me at my lowest. And I'm trying to trying to tell these guys like what we're going to have to do. And it's breaking my heart. And I'm really down and I'm, I'm like, I'm like, I'm going to cry. And we're like, yeah, 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 exactly. And he goes, and I think that's, what's going to make it so funny. And we're all exactly, exactly, man. He understood. I mean, it sounds like you guys, yeah. just, 
right there at that moment, you guys got in sync because that's a that's like one of the best scenes in the movie is when he has yeah. to break it to the to the elves of like what is going to be happening moving forward. And uh, it sounds like, yeah, that's where it all kind of just locked in with you guys. Yeah, he got it. He just yeah, got it. He, he, he also said like, yeah, yeah, I think this I feel this guy's like an old cowboy. Yeah, you know, and I was like, yes, was absolutely. We're going for like a contemporary Western vibe. You yeah, know? We, knew we, were, we knew we were rolling into a contemporary Western. When he started talking about the main character as a cowboy, we're like, okay, great. He He's totally synced up with this thing. Oh, yeah. And then when like, and I mean, one of the, I mean, pretty much, I think it's like the first time you see him I and mean, he's literally shooting cans. And that's like, another thing that I loved about um, his character is like, you know, I mean, even though he's the fat man, he's still in a pretty good shape. I mean, you got him like punching the bag. I mean, he's a strong, strong dude, even though, you know, he might have a little bit of a gut because obviously he's, uh, he loves his cookies. That's for damn sure. Which you it's guys, funny. <laughs> it's funny you say that though, because the, the irony or the juxtaposition of title to man was exactly what we were after, you know, yeah. like we were after that Colin fat man, but you know, like, because like what's your, what's your image of, of Chris is, or what Santa is, is not what he is. And that's exactly what we were having fun with, with that. And that's that's and what then, I like about it because, you know, obviously, you know, when you think it's Santa, it's just a you know, jolly old fat man. Yeah. But I mean, this is like, yeah, he's got a little bit of a gut, but he's got some fucking shoulders. Yeah. Man, he's got some pecs too. I mean, geez. No, I remember oh, we, we were specific with that. Like we were talking to Mel about that and we're like, yeah, man, like he's got a little bit of a gut, but he's got like jet forearms and biceps and like shoulders. And I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. I got it. I got it. He's in the know. gym just like killing it. Yeah. I don't know if he was just going to the gyms and eating Twinkies at the same time or what, but he, he fucking nailed it when he got there. We're like, dude, perfect. He's like, this yeah. is all right. All right. We're all dude. It's perfect. That's what I was wondering too, because like, uh, you know, I remember, um, I mean, seeing Mel Gibson like a, you know, a couple of years ago and like, you know, just him like walking out of the gym, like a paparazzi picture. And all of a sudden I'm like, dude, Mel Gibson is like fucking jacked right now. Look at him. He's like 60 something years old and he's jacked. And then, but then in here it's like, yeah, he's got the gut, but he's also got the, you know, he's still got the broad shoulders and everything like that. So it seemed like he got in like just, just the right amount of shape. But like you said, maybe he's like punching the bag, you know, doing the bench but also you know eating a donut every now and again or something like that just to get that mushy center and that was the funny thing because I mean, absolutely he literally was showing us pictures of what he had looked when we sat down with him we maybe it was the second time we sat down with him or maybe he was texting us pictures but he was he was like something like this and he was he's like not like this and he showed us something from like eight months ago and he was like ripped as hell and we're like Holy shit! Like, tearing <laughs> it up in the gym, dude. You look fucking amazing. Well, well, no, no. Like, you gotta have a little more of a belly. And I remember him just being like, "All right, I, I think I got it." Then, but he was sending us pictures of like, I looked like this eight months ago. I looked like you know, he was like something like this and something like that. And we're all yeah, but with forearms and then a little bit of a belly. He's like, okay, okay. But I mean, I think that honestly is just a such a commitment to performance and what, what we were after and what he was willing to do. It was fucking awesome, man. Like, he was willing to just. You know, it wasn't like a total transformation, but it was enough to where you're like, okay, I see it. He's got a little I bit of bike. Yeah, yeah, because when I was watching it, I'm like, is he is he going to be wearing a bodysuit? Because I mean, I'm like the pictures that I've seen of Mel Gibson. I'm like, he's been looking pretty uh pretty jacked and pretty you know kind of lean, you know. Yeah. But you know, but when you see him with like out his shirt, it's like, no, that's not a bodysuit. He fucking you know he committed to this role, and that's 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 awesome. I mean, to have somebody of his caliber. You know, for like a smaller kind of movie that's just like an outlandish movie about a grounded like Santa Claus. The fact that he just, you know, devoted to it with his body and everything. That's just that's that's fucking awesome. That's awesome. 
And it's I'm wondering too, like, bicep uh, curls what's up? Go ahead. While eating donuts. Yes. Bicep like curls said, while eating donuts. I mean, that sounds like, it sounds like that was the, uh, the regimen right there. I mean, if all, if we could all pull that off, I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, I, I think he's going <laughs> to be, you know, I mean, sexiest man of the year. I mean, come on now. Well, I mean, obviously it was Michael B. Jordan, but I mean, Mel Gibson, he could still pull it off, but, uh, I mean, sexiest man of the year. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, um, Okay, let's talk about some of the other cast members. Walton Goggins. How did you land Beast. him? I mean, Walton Goggins is great. I mean, a little backstory of how, like, it just seems like the first time I saw Walton Goggins was Major League Back to the Minors. I don't know if you guys, anybody's seen the third Major League movie that wasn't really up there with the other two Major League movies. But he was in the third Major League movie. And I actually, when I was younger, I loved that movie. I loved the whole entire major league franchise the first one's my like, favorite baseball movie ever and uh that was the first time i saw walton goggins and then it just seemed like he popped up in every fucking thing that he just he just pops up hey walton goggins there he is yeah the movie sucks he's great and then <laughs> to have him as the skinny man which i love the fact that his 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 uh character is the skinny man and he's like this you know He's got a little bit of a screw loose. You know, he had a bad traumatic childhood that unravels that you kind of see unraveling throughout the story. And uh, when he's kind of, you know, searching for Chris, you know, you, you see the unraveling happening. And then it's just I don't know. He's just he's just so great. So how did you guys land him? I mean, he wasn't he wasn't initially in our minds, honestly, like we we were talking to about a dozen possibilities for the skinny man. I don't want to get into who those were, but they were all great fucking choices. And we were excited about all of them in a certain different way. And it was literally like, OK, well, if he's going to do this with the character, he's probably going to do something like kind of like this. You could kind of get a You, you know, how you, you know, an actor by their work and you're kind of like, OK, well, they're going to kind of give this vibe to it. And we were really having a hard choice. And I remember ICM was like, well, hey, what do you think about Walton Goggins? And we were like fuck i don't know why he wasn't in our mental radar but yes that's a fucking great idea and so well hey go sit down and see if he, he, you guys gel with him he, he really enjoyed the script we're like okay great and so we go sit down with him and like it was just undeniable within about five minutes of the meeting because it's like oh yeah hey and he's super gregarious and wonderful to sit down with and talk to and he's just a great guy and then within five minutes he's like so i read the script and i mean guys and we start talking about the moment and then you know two seconds after that he's standing up and like and i got this fucking elf and i'm like oh, I'm going down and you're like holy shit like it just all kind of melts away and you're like there he is there's the skinny man we knew right away that like as soon as he started doing a couple pieces in out of the film in a cafe we were like fuck that's the guy like it just there was no other choice for us no he's great i mean he's a, it was like a perfect choice just a perfect like you know uh opposite to mel especially and then of course when they finally just like the showdown at the end i mean it's like it's on right there and it's a it's a it's a absolutely great scene and then you got uh marianne jean uh batiste i mean she's been in a lot of st things she's she's pretty veteran i guess you could say and yeah. uh, to have her play i mean essentially she's mrs claus and uh i thought her the scenes with her and mel um, I mean, when, with, with all the craziness of this story, very, just, it just, it, it's almost like, you know, when they're, they're together and she kind of busts his balls a little bit, I really dug that. Their chemistry is absolutely fantastic. The well, that, the well, I, think, I think a lot of that was like drawn from our own parents' relationship. Yeah. So, 
<laughs> to be perfectly honest, like our parents had a business together. They had a photography studio together for like 20 years. Oh, wow. And uh, our father was very much the front man of the business, but without uh, our mother, who was a wonderful compliment to him and actually a very accomplished uh, photographer in her own right, like the business would have been shut down because our dad, you know, God love him, like cannot balance a checkbook, cannot make his bills <laughs> on time. Like he absolutely needed mom to keep the thing running. Yeah, you yeah. really get that sense, like, you know, you know, because, yeah, you know, obviously you got Chris Kringle, who's, you know, fronting the business. And then she's like in the background, she's behind him. And when he just doesn't know exactly what to do, she's like right there with the answer. Or she's helping him out or something like that. And it's just like they just I don't know. I just thought they their scenes together were really, really well done. And their chemistry was pretty damn they good. So, they were so effortless together on on yeah. set. I mean. In between takes, you know, they were cracking jokes with each other and punching each other in the shoulder and laughing. Like, I mean, it was really fun to just watch them hang out and 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 then start a scene. It was just a couple of old pros just knocking it down, man. It was it was really amazing, and you could really feel that warmth on set too. Um, but yeah, but with Marianne, I mean, we needed a we needed a woman that 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 could be because I mean of of, of how she's going to finish this film out. Yeah, like we needed we needed somebody with a with with enough motherly warmth. Uh, sort of underneath this, 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 this layer of alpha of like, you know, that she can get shit done. And so that at the end of the film, when she, you know, does her thing that you're, I don't want to ruin it if, if people haven't watched it, but when she does her thing at the end of the film, that you can believe that she can go there, that you can believe that she's capable of, of doing that. And that was, those were the, the sort of two things we were really weighing. And when we were talking to uh, Ruth's as we were trying to figure out, okay, did they have this, like front of like strength and then do they have this undercurrent of warmth under yeah. them yeah you definitely captured well, that go ahead and we also just really loved uh marianne's british accent remember when we were talking with her about the character she's like what's my dialect like where am i from you know she's like oh, we want me to be from this region or that region in, in the u.s I'm like oh no 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 like we want like what you know the british the uk accent yeah. like that gives it a more international feel yeah yeah like no, you definitely start work. thinking about like how did they meet and like what is this where, where did this relationship start you know which is a lot of fun to think about oh yeah no there's like there's i mean there's there's so much you can like do with the story and one other actor i wanted to ask about too is the the kid who played chance yeah when i first saw that kid i was like fuck that kid <laughs> you guys had <laughs> a good kid where i was just like just the, just the, the the facial expressions that he has, <laughs> you know, like in, in the beginning when it comes to um, the science fair thing, you know, where he's trying to, you know, win the, the ribbon and whatever, just like, just the look on his, the, the looks on his face, you're just like, man, fuck this kid. But you guys did a good job of casting a kid that could really exude that, you know, that assholery that, 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 that obviously uh, is, um, one of the main plot points is the fact that, you know, half the kids out there are just pieces of shit now. So that's why, you know, we got to do some alternative stuff when it comes to the workshop. But when it came to casting the the, uh, the character of Billy, I mean, how was that process? It was pretty incredible. We, we started out with just like, you know, the sort of star search, okay, send in your tape kind of thing, because we didn't quite know where to start. Um, and so we got, we got a ton of submissions in, you know, via video and we just started watching them. We started wading through them. And then he was so, he stood out so well. We were just like, Oh my God, like who is this kid? And he, and he was so good at what he was doing in the, in the, in the tape that we were just like, 
we we got to meet this kid because I don't really know if if he's like if if he's going to be like a little tyrant on set. Like he he seems like such an ass. Like are we going to be able yeah. to win this guy? <laughs> because yeah. we weren't familiar with his work at all, and we're like, uh oh, maybe he's too good. You know yeah. what I'm saying? We're like we got to meet him. So that's, that's we're like, look, okay, let's get the video the Zoom conference on. Let's see. No, man, he nailed it. I mean, like I said, like after like when you first see him, you're like, fuck this kid. And but it sets up, you know, of course, the whole plot uh, with everything. And it and it's uh, absolutely fantastic. So when it so you made this movie, is there um, any thoughts of like sequel or anything? Do you have ideas? Has there been any uh, any uh, anybody approaching you about, hey, you know, I mean, I mean, I saw all that. I think, uh, Ian, you were like tweeting out stuff where, like, um, when it came to Christmas movies, it was like number two, maybe it met, um, uh, reached number one of streaming yeah. movies. We're, 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 we're number two this week so far, but we were yeah. number three all last week and we're number two all this week. So, uh, um, so, so far, but, but yeah, the only <laughs> thing in front of us is Elf right now. That Elf, fucking so, Elf, man. That, that, no, that movie is always, yeah, it's always. <laughs> We got to catch us an elf or something like that. <laughs> yeah. You got to have Will Ferrell in your next one. Um, no, but uh, is there any like uh, thoughts about doing a sequel or what's happening? I mean, there, you already have people like there's already people in the chat that are like, you know, let's do Fat Man Returns. We got Fat yeah. Man versus Krampus. <laughs> you know, we've got some ideas. Like I said, we wrote like what, the other short story we wrote was a, was a prequel. Um, yeah. It was an origin story. So there's we absolutely want to play in that realm. And then, of course, we've had 14 years to kind of think of what we would do with it if we had a sequel. So we've definitely got some ideas of, of what we set up um, and where we would go with it. Um, but yeah, it, we're super excited to, uh, to do another one. And, and uh, our distributor and producers have been asking us about it as of at the end of last week. Um, yeah. They're, they're like, okay, what are we doing? <laughs> what are you guys doing for it too? So, I mean, there's still a question. There's still a lot of questions on the board, which um, I think our team's jumping into our, our, our agents and whatnot. And, and managers are trying to figure out all that jazz with the producers right now. But, but yeah, I mean, it would be great to jump into writing, writing the sequel and, and getting rolling on that. We, we couldn't think of anything funner to do. It's pretty yeah, cool. We're, we're just thrilled to continue the, the legacy and the saga, right? Yeah. I mean, there's so much you could work with there. I mean, that's, that's what was pretty great about it. It's like, you know, when I'm watching it and I'm going, okay, are they going to have, oh, oh, there's the elves. Oh, you even have the reindeer. They, they're, it's all there. And I, and I love the fact too, that it's like, you don't really see the, the whole Santa Claus thing, but it's like, it's like, it's like, you know, he just goes out and he has to do this job, this important job, of course, one time a year. And then he comes home and he just lays down next to his wife and it's just like another night of work and it's just like normal. But, uh, you know, something might have happened, a little mishap happened. You know, I won't say exactly what it was, what it was but it's just it's just so it was just great how it's just OK. And, you know, there's stuff you could probably do with that. And then um, I even have a, a Patreon question from Philip Barker, who, um, of course, he asked about Mel. We already talked about that, but he said also he was curious if the, if uh, if uh, you guys developed a bad kids and the skinny man like uh, like how you guys uh, wait what did he say I thought he was okay like if there was gonna be like any kind of spinoffs or like branching off into like uh, I don't know maybe like a uh, like a cinematic universe where maybe you have the tooth fairy or oh. Easter Bunny or something like that have you ever guys thought about that or even branching off doing a prequel about the skinny man or whatever the hell. We've, we've, I mean, look, uh, the Santa, the Santa lore has so many things in it yeah. that I think throughout, throughout, you know, the world of, of, of Christmas, I think I, we've got a ton to play with. Um, 
I don't know. It, it, that def, it, I don't know. It interesting. It would be interesting to think of a grounded version of the Easter Bunny and how that would play into anything. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, that, That'd but, be the most outlandish one. But those are the fun ideas that that are there, right? It's like, okay, well, how did that myth get started of a giant bunny running around delivering eggs? Yeah, or, or, it really. I mean, when you really think about it, it's like, does that even make sense? You got a giant bunny, and they he gives you eggs. Bunnies don't yeah. like eggs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the, the eggs that he might like you know put in your basket that are brown you might not want to put those in your mouth i'm just saying yeah they might not taste good so yeah so it was always it's always a little weird but i mean i know like uh, i i even think like the i think maybe the third santa claus kind of like touched bases on like the other myth mythical um jack you know, frost or whatever make, right yeah yeah the make believe yeah, jack frost and that they did they did tooth fairy i think they even did the easter bunny so yeah it's a little it's a little interesting you might you know that you're definitely gonna have to um um really think hard about how you can you ground something like that but i think a lot of people are really like you know you could do probably a lot with uh either uh a prequel like you said you guys wrote or even, you know, and then parlay that, maybe have like a back and forth where it's like you got prequel and sequel and it somehow it just kind of links up together. I don't know. There's so many ideas out there, but, you know. Yeah, and we're, and we're excited to dive into it. Like I said, we've got a ton of ideas. It, it is, like you just said, it's more of a culling down process of what do we want to tackle next in, the, in it and where do we think it'll go for a third and whatnot, you know, like what do we want to leave open? Because you got you to think of one more step ahead, right? Because we exactly. – when we had an idea of what the sequel would be and a prequel would be, but now it's like, okay, well, when you do the sequel, what's the what's the what's the trilogy? What does that look like? What's that third one look like? Where do we want to go? Yeah. With that? Yep. And then uh, that's the hard part too. It's like when you, I mean, you know, going back to the Santa Claus. I mean, it went from like this, like almost like a reality esque, you know, Santa Claus movie, and then it just went to like, oh, okay, now we got the Mrs. Claus. We could work with that, and then, and then it went to the whole Jack Frost thing, and uh, yeah, maybe it got a little bit weird, but you know, of course, that first movie, you know, is uh, a classic. But um, oh man, what was I? I think Ian and I, Ian and I, it's funny. We've been having these conversations. We're like, okay, if this is Mad Max, what's our Road Warrior? There right? If this yeah. is our alien, and and, and you, you know, what's our have- aliens? And you literally have Mad Max as your actor. That's that's what's so great about it, too. And that's what I was going to ask. Did, was there any, like, discussions with Mel about a possible sequel? Is he fully down for it or what? Or, or is he going to be going off doing Lethal Weapon 5, which apparently he said could happen? Dude, I'd love to Look, see I it. would love to see Lethal Weapon 5, so we it's not getting in the way I, of that. I, but, I, uh, hey, you know what? They're not too old for this shit. Let them fucking do it. I mean, exactly. I mean Danny Glover, I mean, he's older than mel i mean we've seen what mel looks like and what he's capable of he could still do his thing but man was there any talk of like a lethal weapon five did you guys ask yeah you had to ask oh of course we We absolutely (laughs) (laughs) yeah you have to ask that question i know it was funny because last weekend i think it was uh you know because we had the long um the long Thanksgiving weekend. And I was like, you know what? The first Christmas movie I'm putting on is lethal weapon. And that parlayed to like watching the entire franchise all the way to four. And then, um, I think, uh, even on my, uh, one of my live streams, I talked about how Mel Gibson on, I I don't know. I'm not sure what show he was on. He said that a lethal weapon five is most likely going to happen. And I'm just sitting there going, how's that going to be possible? But obviously they can make it work. And I just want to fucking see it. He has a, he, he told us a little bit of tidbits, which I don't, I mean, I, I'm not going to. Well, I don't think we can disclose any of those. No, like, not, you can't, you can't. <laughs> I'm not going to disclose them, but 
but yeah, it sounded awesome. And he was talking about Dick Donner coming back and doing it. I'm like, how is it? Really? Yeah. That he was, he was, wow. he was pumped to do it's it. Like, and that's, Dick's 90 or something. Right. But it's like amazing. But he's still got it. He's all, oh, he's still got it. He's still got it. He's all there, baby. He's all there. I'm like, wow. Okay. This is wow. going to be epic. So I think that's, I think that's what they're, they're really excited about is to bring the whole team back, you know? Oh, yeah. I think that's what we'd all be excited about. Yeah, oh, yeah. You got to have everybody back. I mean, and then of course, I mean, when you watch the fourth Lethal Weapon, uh, they leave it off of while well, Riggs has a kid, and then um, you know, and and then Murtaugh he has a grandkid. So it's like you could play with something with that because that was like twenty two years ago. So yeah. like those kids are grown up now. So now they could be like something. Where it's like you got the the grandkid of Murtaugh, and then you got the kid of Riggs. Who, you know that maybe they can mentor but then they're also like a, a little bit involved in the action because you got to have you got to have them involved in the action a little bit but yeah i just thought i mean danny glover though i'm just like man he he is he would have to be more of a captain or you know something where he's just maybe sitting back but then again maybe he can have that he's got to have that moment where he does his little his little breaking you know cracking of the neck before he shoots <laughs> his stick shooter you got to have that moment obviously but then you got to have Riggs, you know doing something and i think mel gibson's perfectly capable of still doing that so but w- but when you get when you guys like were working on this did you guys actually discuss maybe a possible sequel and how did he feel about it we talked about i mean we were we were we told marianne and mel that we were we yeah. had intentions of, of, of continuing to do them and we've since hit them both up and said hey you know you guys cool with that and i mean from what we've i mean look there's a there's still a there's there's 600 miles to go on, on anybody's deal or anything or what we want to do or when we want to do it. But everyone seems down. So good. Uh, yeah. The opening conversation was, was positive, very positive. <laughs> That's good. Always good. And uh, so what about uh, any other projects that you guys are doing right now? Is there anything in the works or is it just strictly right now? Fat man. We've got we've got a couple a couple scripts that we're we're really excited about. There's also a couple of things coming in that we've been reading that we've been trying to wrap our heads around um, if we want to jump into or not. But um, but yeah, there's there's uh, we want to get we've got this script that's kind of a sci-fi horror script that we're really pumped about. Um, that, we, that we might you know we're still in the middle of writing the script, uh, but that's always the, one of the funnest parts is. You know, Ash and I sit around uh, throwing the ball back and forth, kind of creating it. And I don't know. We love we love world building. We love coming up coming up with with unexpected things that would um, you know subvert your expectations in the genre. So those are. I mean, I don't know, man. We we've got a lot of we've got a lot of stuff ahead of us. I think that we really want to do. It's just like you know what's gonna what's gonna go pop out first. It's just you can't tell. You know, it might be like. Yeah. You just never know. From what from what we know of what our past has been, it's just like you have these expectations, and then it's it's you have to go at those full tilt, but you have to also be prepared to for a digression or a or a or a left turn, and then you have to kind of U turn your way back to that other one. You know, sometimes those happen, and you just got to be like mentally ready for that because it's a marathon. Yeah, and I would say that we didn't we didn't expect to be able to make Fat Man this soon. We thought yeah. it was going to yeah. take at least one more movie. That was an amazing, yeah. you know, right turn instead of a left when we thought because we thought we were gonna have to do one more movie just because size of movies because small town crimes like about a two million dollar movie and we kind of we jumped quite a bit up on this one, um, which it's funny because ever since we made the two hundred thousand dollar movie, they, all the movies have really felt about the same though, so yeah. which is nuts because you have about you always you know the two hundred thousand dollar movie you kind of have about 30, 30 people on set that you're working with and then that's always kind of your base and there's extensions out from there on these bigger sets. But 
it's just it's just different little groups of people working on different things and it always feels like when you're shooting it's the same damn size of a movie <laughs> same four people are there same support team it just goes out a little wider like so say like um you know because this actually has happened with like certain directors and stuff like that say like um you know marvel or somebody like that all of a sudden reaches out because sometimes they'll just like like hey let's get like some you know directors or our director that like not many people might know but we like what they did with this if they were to reach out to you for like maybe doing like a like a big superhero movie would you guys be down for doing any is there any particular superhero movie i mean obviously i got some you know stuff behind me right here but is there any particular like superheroes that you guys uh dig or anything like that well, I think I think like just to point out your wall first and foremost, like <laughs> look, like Batman yeah. is awesome because he's a, a normal dude, right? Yeah. Like that's the sort of superheroes that we gravitate towards. It's yeah. look, Superman's tricky, right? Because he's almost invincible except for Kryptonite, so you have to keep circling around to the Kryptonite or whatever it's going to be. So kind has to come one of his own, you know, someone yeah. that's a that's an equal to him. So you've only kind of uh, got plot choices there. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, or like it's the alien world with like fifty thousand, uh, you know, robot drones or whatever it is that come down. So there's like there's like only so many things, you know. But I think we tend to gravitate towards those more humanistic um, superheroes, so to speak. Uh, one I, I our, think one of our think, favorite superheroes uh, is Punisher. There you go. Because he's because he's just a human being, and he's literally it's more like his superpower is up here. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's his willpower and it's his stamina and it's his ability not to quit and to keep thinking and to keep trying. And like, I really like that superhero. Um, I think a lot of people have done some cool things with him, but I mean, it's not what we would do with him. We would take him in a little bit of a different direction and do some, do, do our thing with him that we would be excited about. But that would, that would be a superhero that we would really be, that would be a comic book that we would be pumped to do. Uh, some of our other favorite superhero or, or comic books are like Sam and Twitch. Like we're big Sam and Twitch fans. Michael Bendis did a, a couple of books that we really love. Uh, yeah. There's, uh, there was another comic. There was another comic book that we really that, uh, hear that we, we, although we don't know much about it admittedly, but the idea was cool. And that was like booster gold. Oh yeah. Booster gold. I mean, yeah, he's a, I mean, when it comes to the DC universe, I mean, he's like, he's almost a Deadpool ish, I guess you could say. If you were to compare him to like, you know, somebody, you know, to a character that maybe a lot of people would know is like, you know, he's a he's more comedic and the the range that he can have. Obviously, he does like, you know, a lot some time traveling stuff. Um, yeah, you could actually do a lot with that. And, you know, to take, uh, you know, if you guys were to take your humor towards it, I mean, yeah, could really uh, really be something. Somebody actually asked, too, if you guys asked. Uh, if you guys pick Mel's brain about passion too, <laughs> about passion. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Fuck. I mean, is that happening? I mean, I remember hearing about it and it was like, is Look, that happening? I mean, from what, from what I've seen and, and to what I can comment on to what's already out there is that he's put out a couple of, of statements already that, and like Jim Caviezel's already weighed in, like all that shit is legit. That was, that, that was wow. seriously legit. And that was happening while we were in post. So like they're packing scripts around and they're talking about it and they're pumped about it. So Crazy. I haven't read it. I haven't read it, but, uh, and I don't know. It sounds what he said, truly, truly epic. Fucking amazing. The grandest I mean, the sequel, yeah, the sequel to that movie, obviously. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, it, 
One of the things that I always like that I was always baffled about when it when I when I you know when you watch that movie, well even like the idea of that movie. I mean, it must have been. I mean, didn't he find he financed that movie himself, right? That was all Mel that kind of did it. He didn't. I don't think any production company was like here. Let's here have this much budget. I think they were. I think he kind of like had to almost do it himself there or was, something. Like that. From what he from what he told us, there was a because uh, we asked him about that as well. Yeah. I think any, any filmmaker that's like, okay, how did you get that? You know, how did you put your film together? That's always yeah. like one of the bigger questions to ask people of any size of budget because it's such an education. Like what he from what he says is that he got he got the he pretty much was able to uh, structure the financing very typically. Now whether that was his money in and then you do your foreign and yada yada ba 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 and you have your you know you have your film so you put a third or thirty percent or fifty percent of your actual cash in and then you raise it through other markets and tax incentives and whatnot. And then you get your hundred percent of your budget. So then, but he was telling us that it was mainly, which I think is also public knowledge in other places is that it was the distribution deal is where he, where he made a really good deal in that he picked a smaller distributor to put the film out so that he could have more control over how it was distributed and where he went with it and how he publicized it and how he did promotions for it. And so the distributor, the, the, the one that he picked was like, um, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. Well, we'll, we'll, however you want to do it, we'll do it that way. And, and then of course they, you know, it was a really successful, a really successful campaign. It was a damn good movie. So, yeah. I mean, when you watch, I mean, when you, I, I just trying to like imagining like him pitching the movie to a studio because you're like, Hey, I want to do this movie about Jesus. And so the studio heads are probably like, Oh, sweet. Walk on water, turn, you know, water into wine, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, no, no, no. I want to, <laughs> show when he was you know when he was getting whipped and he was like nailed to the cross we're gonna show him basically dying and i'm sure all a lot of studios were like uh fuck no we don't want to show that because when you watch that movie i mean god damn it i mean it's he, so he feel that thing i mean yeah. that's, that's what i love about uh gibson as a, a filmmaker when i watched hacksaw ridge i was i had anxiety watching that movie that that the, the whole like final act when um andrew garfield you know it's like not using the gun and he's like trying to get everybody off that ridge i was seriously just like uneasy in my chair and that's what's so great about him as a filmmaker yeah you know just and, and then i can only imagine just like working with him like you said he was he was always like behind you even though it was like freezing cold it seems like he's always like wanting to have like you know his like fingertips at least in like a little bit of everything so he knows you know exactly what's going on well, well, I think he, he 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 just sees everything. Yeah, like he, he like he's like, oh hey, what lens is that on there? You know what? He's not he's not telling you what to do in any, any way, shape, or form. Uh, he's making suggestions also, but he, every suggestion is sort of couched in like, hey, what do you think of this? Take it or leave it. Like he's so very respectful of the of the process and the collaboration that way. Yeah, that was one of the most amazing things is that when when we were on set, of course, we had the butterflies. We're sitting there directing like a. Uh, multiple Oscar winners. Like, what are we going to, what are we going to say to this guy? You know, <laughs> if, he if he doesn't agree with us or if he wants to do something different or he I, this way kind of thing, it's like, what it's are we going to fucking do? Intimidating as hell, man. Shit. So, but he, he made it really easy on us. And and that's why I think he's such a great actor, great director is that he's been in front and behind the camera and in, in at, at the highest levels. And so like when he would come with a suggestion, he would literally come up and be, you know, just so amazing. He would say, Hey guys, I got an idea. Take it or leave it, throw it out, whatever. But I'm just going to throw it out there. And if you guys think it's cool, let's try it. And we're like, he's off. Like, not, let's just squash it and, and, and figure out what we can do. We're like, all right, amazing. So he instantly disarms you. You're like, fuck. Okay. Well, whatever it is, Mel, like let's try it. But that's why 
I think our, our attitude, especially towards a lot of the actors that we bring in, um, whether they're Mel Gibson or a guy that's got like a line, you know, is like you hire a person usually for, for a very specific reason and, and you want to hear their input and you want to hear it because yeah. you hire them because they're talented in some way. Collaboration. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, what is, what, like, like with Walt and the Mel and Marianne and Chance, just because those are our top four. I mean, the same thing happened with Eric, who was the elf and, and Robert, who was the, was the Captain Jacobs, but, and, okay. and all the way down, but you, you want to hear their input because the great thing about those actors is they're coming in, they're picking up something that you wrote, of course, but then they're also like, they're putting months of thought into backstory and nuance and what can I, what can I give you with a, mo with a movement instead of a, a, with, with a, a, another added word and what can I do here to layer this so it means something two scenes later. And like, we want to lean into that talent because that's what you're bringing in, right? You want every ounce of their, of their minds, on, all the great stuff that they have inside of them in the film as well. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like I said, it's like a it's a collaboration. Yeah. You guys are all trying to work together. I mean, you guys are obviously, you know, you're the puppeteers. You're like, okay, we got to have this here. You guys know exactly like the vision you want, but at the same time, you got these actors that are, you know, they're coming up with their backstories and you know, try like, how am I going to approach this scene right here? And then you know, you got to go back and forth with those ideas. And you know, if you you know. I'm sure there's been times, maybe, I don't know if you guys have dealt with it. There might be some times where, you know, an idea doesn't work and that actor wants to keep on with that right. idea, but you know. Well, it's, it's interesting because I think, it, you know, they always say casting is like 75% of it or 80%, whatever oh, it is, but it's, it's yeah. definitely a high percentage. So it's yeah. like when you cast, let's like, let's, let's use Walden for example. And it's like, if you cast Walt and Goggins in a role, you probably cast him because he, he was, he's going to be fucking amazing in that role you think but when you get him out there and i mean you know he gives you a lot of little variations it's all grounded within the world hopefully and then he might even warn you like he would with us he'd say all right, all right you guys feel like we got it well like, yeah yeah we got it so all right, well, let me just do one more where you know uh i'm doing let me let me take it up 10 percent and see if, if i can push it and still keep it in the world we're like all right fuck it go for it man you know he's like juggling chainsaws out there he's going to try something really wild and see if he can make it still grounded enough to keep it in the film and we're like all right man fucking go for it but that's the cool thing it's like he wants to try something we're totally game you know and, and there's going to be times where an actor's like oh yeah i want to ride a fucking unicycle across the room and you're like okay well that doesn't quite work in the scene man i'm sorry you know and you got to try to get your way out of that but, yeah but, and you're like why do you want to ride a unicycle like what what is that motivation there like what are we what are we not here <laughs> but yeah but when you like with Walton, he would never get to that point. He's not like, yeah. drive a car through the window and see if we can make that work. He, he, he's, he, he's doing such gentle nudges, you know, and you're, you're just like, okay, yeah, we're still in the world. Let's try to make that work. So you get those talented guys. They know what film they're in and they're, and they're trying to stay there. That's awesome. And then um, when it comes to like uh, when they, when you were filming the movie and you were kind of wondering, I mean, when did you guys film this movie? I'm, I'm assuming like last year. It was last year when you guys filmed it, or was it? We filmed it this this year. So we oh, we went into pre we went into pre production in November, Holy and then we shot through March. Oh wow! So right when the pandemic, literally, dude, you have no idea. Like they were talking, like they were talking, like for the next for like the week, like right up to the last bit. They're like we're gonna have to shut down. We're gonna have to shut down. We're gonna have to shut down. And then God. we finished one day before they shut every production down in Canada. Wow. And week of shooting the whole last week of shooting they're like we're gonna shut down tomorrow we're gonna shut down tomorrow and we're like fuck if they shut down tomorrow we're gonna be four days short and then we get to the next day they're like we're probably gonna shut down tomorrow we're like oh god we're gonna be three days short and then finally we finished our last day we're like i hope they don't shut down midday here like hopefully we get through this last day and then we're like Whoo, we made it and then like 
that morning, the next morning, as we're all kind of waking up trying to, you know, the 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 production hangover you have of like burning it for for how many weeks, seven weeks or five, six weeks or whatever. But it was it well, was. But for us, it's like four months. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> right. And then they announced over at like 10 a.m. They're like, so we're shutting all the productions down in Canada. Entertainment. Holy business. shit. You guys you know, out, man. can't believe it. There was. And there was no going back. Like if they yeah. had shut us down, we yeah, would have had to figure. We, we were already like, like right on the bleeding edge of, of finishing yeah. the production. Yeah. Wow. And if and if they had shut us down, like there would be no going back. We'd have to finish it. We'd have we would have had to figure out how to put together the movie with the footage that we would had. We'd be doing oh, that yeah. close up of the hand in a parking lot somewhere, trying to piece the whole film together. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. Put just just put everybody in front of a green screen somewhere in yeah. like your your basement. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> no, but, uh, um, so like when they were talking about, uh, releasing this, I mean, obviously, you know, everybody wants to put it, of course, like out in the movie theaters, but you know, with everything that happened, was it, was streaming just like, was that always on the table or was it just something that was like brought to the table because of the whole pandemic? It did. It didn't scare us. I mean, I mean, look, at the, the idea was to have a grander theatrical and it, but it yeah. honestly, like the most important thing for us is that, you know, no one's dying. I trying to watch the movie. That's probably the most important thing. The second most important thing is that people get to see it. So yeah. we're, we're just like, all right, look, I don't want anybody trying to go to a movie theater and like catching something that, you know, ends somebody's life or, or has a horrific outcome. So we were just like, if people like, get fucking people to see it is all we're interested in. So do a theatrical and drive-ins and all that shit. And, and Saban, our distributor was of the same, of the same ilk. They were just like, yeah, yeah, let's, we're going to go as wide as we can with what the market is going to allow us to do. Um, and I think it was like 290 theaters and drive-ins and something like that. But that's, that's what was available to, to us kind of, because once you get like freaky and let them go and stuff like that, they, those, those things have been booked for like six to eight months out by studios, those positions. And we don't really have an access to those positions because we're not at universal eight months out, you know? Yeah. Uh, so with a smaller distributor, you get smaller windows. And we, we had a pretty, for a pandemic run in the theater, we did, we had a fucking hell of a run. We had two weeks and like 290 theaters. And I think we're still in theaters all the way through December in about 70 or 80 places. Sweet. Yeah. 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 And so if it's and you know if it's a safe environment to go see the movie at the theatrical experience I'll for you, like awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, do it. I mean, I, I mean, that's what's crazy. I mean, 2021 is gonna be insane. I mean, obviously, uh Warner Media a couple days ago um announced that hey, you know, our big movies, seven I think they have 17 movies that are gonna be coming out next year that are also gonna just uh the same day are gonna be released on HBO Max. And that's just, that's huge. That was, that was big news that happened a couple of days yeah. ago. It's like, you know, everybody's wondering what the future of the movie industry is going to be like. I mean, I'm, I'm one of those people that I'm like, I, I used to go, I mean, it, I'm, I'm still jonesing for a fix. I haven't been to a movie theater since I, I had to literally drive an hour and a half to fucking San Diego just to watch Tenet when that came out because <laughs> everywhere else, Nowhere. It's all, it's all closed. I have a theater that's like literally two and a half minutes right around the corner that I, I, I frequent all the time. Every Thursday, new movie, I'm there. I'm going to pick a new a movie to watch. I'm there because that's just like, uh, you know, one of my things that I would always do is just go to the movies, whether by myself or not. And I wanted to see Tenet, of course. And the closest theater was in San Diego County. So I had to drive an hour and a half just to go see it. 
And now it's like, what's going to happen uh, next year? I mean, it just seems like the shit's not like, uh, like not loosening up or anything like that. And now that Warner Media is going, okay, we're just going to release, you know, we got Wonder Woman 84 that's going to be coming out same day, but you can still watch in the movie theaters. How do you guys feel about like where things are heading when it comes to like streaming and, uh, you know, possibly like movie theater chains just kind of just like um, closing down? Look, I think I think the one thing the pandemic is is driving for us is like a, a real desire to get back out and intermingle with my fellow man. Yeah, I mean, I I miss the shit out of people right now. I'm, you know, Ian and I love people. We love the communal experience of movies. I think everybody's feeling that. I I really do believe in my heart that as soon as we get this COVID under control, you're going to see boom time at the theaters. Yeah. Not only are you going to see studios releasing their two like back to back two hundred million dollar tent poles for a month and a half, you know, mm-hmm. but you're going to see the audience coming out in droves because we all miss that experience. We all want to get back out there and do that. So I. I I think it's going to come back. You know, I think this does reprogram some of the consumption methods. I, um, there, I, you know, there, there probably should be a tighter window between theatrical and on demand. Right. I mean, it just makes sense as far as your marketing dollars. Um, yeah. I so mean, that, I that remember, conversation is happening. Yeah. I remember uh, like at first, like, I think it was a couple, couple months ago, universal was talking about a three week window. Like it gets released in theaters and three weeks later it's on demand. And, you know, that was like, that was something. And now we got like same day, which, I mean, the thing that I like about it is the fact that, I mean, I'm a movie goer. I'm still, I'll see all of them out and I want to see it on the biggest screen ever, especially the big temple movies. You know, I want to see those on the biggest screen ever. And I want that sound. to just like, you know, just punch me right in the, in the face. But I, I actually like the fact that I can come home and watch it right away. I like that aspect of it as well that was like well okay like i could literally just go home and rewatch it again lounging out on my couch or like the next morning or something like that but i can understand the concerns like i, I just did a video before uh we went live tonight where it's like you know amc the ceo he is not too happy of what warner media is doing and he's like it sounds like there's going to be some you know lawsuits i don't know what's going to be wow. It's good. Yeah, it's good. He says like he just made it sound like this is going to be war or something like that. I mean, we talk about streaming wars, you know, when it comes to all the streaming services stuff. But I never thought about like, wow, these movie theater chains are probably going to go to war, too, because they are also fighting to survive as well, which I, I could totally see it because. I mean, that's like I said, it's that's one of my it's like a sanctuary for me. I every time I go to the movies, I turn my phone literally on airplane mode. Don't bother me. I'm watching a movie. I'm in this cinematic experience, you know, because when you're at home, I mean, yeah, you could get distracted very easily, you know, you know, when you're streaming something, but at the same time, there is that convenience. So, I mean, I guess we just, we're, there's going to be a little bit of uh, adapting to that, I would say, but uh, hopefully the movie theater experience doesn't go fully away because I mean, that's just something that I, I, yeah, I love, you know, I'm sure to a certain extent are, you know, in certain places already risking their lives to go to the movie theater at times. And which if you get a vaccine and everybody's kind of, you know, if you get a vaccine, then it's like, okay, well, I I think everything, everything pretty much goes back to normal besides wearing what they would Biden just say masks for a hundred days. I mean, and then there was like data too that, you know, with the movie theaters that have been open around the world, like there hasn't been, they haven't been like the super spreaders as they call it, you know, when they talk about 
they movie theaters have not been super spreading, you know, yeah, areas. So I mean, long as like I mean, when I like when I went and saw Tenant, it was like, yeah, it wasn't a full theater. Um, they space everybody out and you have to wear your mask. And it's like, okay, I'm perfectly okay with doing that. I, I can wear my mask mm-hmm. as I'm watching the movie, whatever, you know, I'm perfectly fine with that. So, you know, stop closing down these movie theaters, open them up and just have those safety reg- regulations. So then, you know, we don't see like these big, huge buildings that were once movie theaters that are just abandoned now. And that's what I'm fearing is, the movie theater experience is almost going to be like, um, you know, they're almost going to be like theme parks now where it's like you have to drive at half an hour just to find a screen. And it's going to have to be like an all day experience where it's like dining and all everything's going to have to be like, you know, a whole huge experience. And that's what I'm kind of kind of worried about with uh, with everything that's happening. As much as I like the fact that I can actually watch a new movie right away on my TV. I don't know what I don't know what the research is on it, but I always I've always been curious of like why don't the theaters just have a quicker turnaround? I mean, there's not it's not like there's a it's not like there's a short short like a shortness of especially, time, right? especially when there's like a new blockbuster like every fucking weekend. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like but you might as well movies out of there in two or three weeks, and you yeah. the next cool i like awesome thing you can watch in a theater because I mean that's where movies make most of their money anyways in the first couple of weeks. It's like get a couple of weeks and like. No, you can't replace that that theatrical experience. You know, people. If, if you're going to go watch a movie in a theater, you're going to go watch a movie in a theater. And if you were going to wait for it online, you're going to wait for it online. That's usually how people do it. But I think Dave, like you nailed it earlier, man. And it's like when you go to see a movie in the theater, not only is it the premiere picture, the premiere sound. You, yeah. I mean, you can't you can't replicate that in your house. You can't replicate yeah. a whole wall, at least not yet, uh, mm-hmm. as a screen in your house. And I think the biggest thing you said, though, is you put your phone on mute. There are no distractions. You're utterly committed to that experience. Fuck yeah. And then you got the you got all these strangers around you. I mean, I don't know how many times I've been to the movies, uh, you know, especially when if it's a comedy. There's something about just watching a comedy with a group of people that are all cracking up at these certain moments and just like dying laughing or, or when you go see one of these big movies, these big tentpole movies, your star Wars, your Avengers, whatever the hell, and everybody's cheering and just, it's like you're almost at a, a fucking rock concert. You don't get that experience at home. I mean, yeah, that's nope. things. It's like when you go to that opening night, that's when all the diehard fans are like, are going they're they're going that opening night, that first showing. So, you know, you see everybody just either dressed up or they got their fucking favorite, shirt on or something like that i mean i love those experiences yeah you know it's it's it, there's an amazing energy in the air and that absolutely translates to those moments and those i mean there's i mean almost everybody has that experience with a movie or two at least in their lifetime right and you're like oh i remember when i watched this with yeah. whatever you know there's always that like oh man you have such a reverence and nostalgia for that movie it's like no matter how old you are when you're 80 years old you're like i remember back and gotta watch this kids it's a, it's a hell of a film you know everybody's got kind of those movies yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens. I mean, I mean, this the, what what Warner Media is doing. I mean, it's it sounds like they were just like, you know what? Let's just try it like this for a year, see what happens. Who knows if that's gonna be like the uh, the common thing? I mean, I'm sure some of the other streaming services are gonna follow suit. Your your Disney Plus or, um, or anything else. It's just gonna be like, okay, should we do the same thing and see what happens? See, I'm kind of curious to see how they break down the analytics of it all. Because, I mean, even though when it came to Tenet and they were still trying to release it out in theaters, it was like, 
it was almost like an experiment and it made like over 350 million worldwide, which is not that great for that movie, but it was during a pandemic and you had two of the biggest markets closed, Los Angeles and New York. They were closed. I can only imagine. I mean, that movie probably would have made easily a billion dollars if everything was normal. But like you were saying, Ian was like, people are, people are going to crave just to go out, you know, just to, just to get out there. And you know, I and I think if they're given the option, they're gonna choose that over just sitting at home like they have been for the past fucking year. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be I, interesting. I I had we were talking to one of our managers and we were talking about just the, his I guess his fear of like <laughs> it even affecting like that kind of mid mid level you know mini major studio that that like if the street, if, if everything kind of goes to streamer, I mean, I think this is what the business is trying to weigh, right? It's like if, if the pandemic can put this much upheaval in the business, it's like, if like, what is the safest, everyone wants the most risk averse. So it's like, well, streaming because no matter what, it's always there. So he was just theorizing about, well, if it all kind of goes that direction, then, then, then theatrical is a novelty and, and you're only putting certain movies in there and it even limits what's going to go in there and how long it's going to be in there. And, yeah, I don't, it, it, that that part of it is frightening for sure. It definitely is, but it's going to be curious to see what happens uh, in the next year. I mean, I mean, we're it's starting off uh, this Christmas with Wonder Woman eighty four. Just, I mean, I, I I would love to find uh, an IMAX screen. I even think my mom was like, "I'll go with you." I was like, "Let's do it," you know. Let's go find it. Yeah, and then and then I could just watch it later that night or something like that, and just kind of like you know, it is kind of nice, but. Uh, Guys, it's uh this has been a this has been a treasure, and um, I'm glad you guys showed up. And uh, you guys, everybody out there who's watching right now, please watch Fat Man. I love this poster, by the way. I love the old school uh, <laughs> of this poster. I mean, you guys really did. Uh, when I saw the poster, I was like, okay, this is something special because it's very old school. I'm sure you guys were like, okay, we got to do something where it has that border and the way it's uh, designed, and I absolutely love it. Absolutely. I mean, a, a very talented friend of ours, we had a long discussion with him about like what we were after with the aesthetic. And I mean, he, he did our, he did the small town crime posters as well. And he's just a yeah. super talented guy and, and, and just really understands uh, decades and genres and aesthetic and getting a feel. And I mean, I, you know, I, I can't say enough about it. We're, we're super happy with, with especially this poster. This one's amazing. Oh yeah, I, I got I got a foreign one that I'm not too excited about, but this one, this is the one. <laughs> no, this this one's the best one right here. When I, I saw this, I'm like, they're gonna do what they're gonna do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, no, but I appreciate you guys uh, joining me tonight. And uh, like I said, guys, uh, right now you can currently watch um, Fat Man on demand. Um, I think it's uh, you could probably watch it through what Amazon. I think I forgot Amazon, what iTunes. You know, Fandango. Yeah, all the major, all the major on-demand providers should have it. Yeah, all the major uh, on-demand providers, right there. And uh, hopefully, we get a sequel because I want to see more. I want, I definitely want to see more. Like, Dude, we'd be super excited to expand it. We've got, a, we've got a lot of ideas. Like I said, and it, it, I'm telling you, there's, there's, there's a cinematic universe right here that I'm just like, come on, we could, we could well, see it happen. Like, like what we have to some crazy cool ideas for Mrs. Claus, you know, to go off in some directions as well. And there we're just. It like, is. What medium is that? I don't know, but I but but what would support those stories? But I I, I think there's uh for us there's a, there's some wonderful cool stories about her as well, you know. So many good ideas, but uh, anyways, guys, I uh, appreciate you guys um, joining me tonight, and um, 
I'll uh, bid you adieu. And uh, yeah, hopefully, hey, when, when, okay, so the only thing I ask is when Fat Man 2 is going to be announced, you guys come back on the vodka stream and we announce it and we talk about it, you know, and we celebrate it, you know, opening up a, a new uh, bottle of vodka. We could just fucking do it right there. I'm, that's what I'm looking forward to. Uh, and hey, thank you, Dave. Dave, Dave I can't promise that you'll be the first, but okay, we should definitely do that, brother. You're gonna be right up there, Dave, right near the top, man. I'm fine. Okay, well, hey, long as long as I'm like within the week, within the week, because I do it on Friday. <laughs> if you announce it on Tuesday, just show up. You know, you know, we'll, I'll hit you up and be like, hey, come on the vodka stream on Friday, and we'll talk about uh, what's going to happen with Fat Man Two or Fat Man Returns, whatever it is. Batman Returns. I like it. We're, yeah. we're totally right off the back of Nolan. Yeah. There you go. I love it. Of, uh, I, I just want to thank like Hubs, Viper, Will Diesel, yeah. 1000. Guys, thanks for guys and gals. Thanks for, for coming in. Uh, appreciate, appreciate you hanging out and commenting. Some of those were pretty funny to read uh, as my eyes were darting back and forth and trying to. I know. I saw your eyes going. I'm like, oh, he's reading the live chat. Hopefully there's not something bad. Yeah. Oh, it's fine. Come on. Oh man. no, it's been good. No, it's been good. The live chat's been good. Uh, you got a, you guys got a lot of support. A lot of people are en really enjoying your movie. I mean, I mean, I've been seeing that all over Twitter. And like I said, I mean, I put it on and I was like, okay, I, I saw the trailer, saw the poster. This, this has got to be good. And sure enough, I mean, like I said, I mean, I just, it was just refreshing. It was refreshing how, you know, it's just unique. And you guys, like I said, the biggest thing was just the fact that this world knows that Santa exists. That was like the biggest grab for me. I'm like, good job. Good job. But uh, all right, guys, I appreciate you guys coming in. Ian, and uh, we got the Nelms brothers here. And uh, like, like I said, guys, go watch their movie. Please support it so we can get a sequel. And it's <laughs> Dave, thank you so much, brother. It means a mountain, brother. Thank you to everyone. Oh, no problem, guys. All right. All right. You guys have a good night. All right. Take you too.